Hello, and welcome to How About a Story. I'm Isauda. Now, sometimes you read a story, and suddenly it just awakens something within you. That's what happened when I stumbled upon this story. Now, a little bit of history about me. I am fascinated by trees. I love being surrounded by them. I even have a tattoo of one. And trees have stories of their own, right? They see the world differently from us. They are warriors of the world, just standing, watching, and holding space for us. One of my favorite things to do is to walk up to a tree, say hello, and place my hand upon its bark and breathe with it. I know, it's totally corny. <laughs> well, this tale was created by Hans Christian Andersen and was published in 1858. Hans takes us through the many stages of life, which also includes death, by using beautiful words that dance in your heads. Now, I took some liberties and skirted around the Christmas theme because in my mind, it wasn't a substantial part of the story. And when I first read this story, I envisioned I was in the future where trees no longer existed. And I was being told a story via a computer program who was trying to recreate a moment of human existence. Yeah, this idea is very far-fetched and trying to make that happen was very challenging, but here we are. So enough bonchinjando. Let's just enter into Hans Christian Andersen's World of Words, this is the last dream of the old oak. In the forest, high up on the steep shore, and not far from the open seacoast, stood a very old oak tree. It was just 365 years old. But that long time was to the tree as the same number of days might be to us. We wake up by day and sleep by night. And then we have our dreams. It is different with the tree. It is obliged to keep awake through three seasons of the year and does not get any sleep till winter comes. Winter is its time for rest. It's night after the long day of spring, summer, and autumn. During many a warm summer, the ephemeras, which are flies that exist for only a day, had fluttered about the old oak, enjoyed life, and felt happy and if for a moment one of the tiny creatures rested on the large fresh leaves, the tree would always say, Poor little creature, your whole life consists of but a single day. How very short. It must be quite melancholy. Me melancholy? What do you mean? The little creature would always reply. Why do you say that? Everything around me is so wonderfully bright and warm and beautiful that it makes me joyous. But only for one day. Then it's all over. Over? What is the meaning of all over? Are you all over too? 
No, I shall very likely live for thousands of your days. And my days is whole seasons long indeed. It is so long that you could never reckon it up. No, then I don't understand you. You have thousands of my days, but I have thousands of moments in which I can be merry and happy. Does all the beauty of the world cease when you die? No, it will certainly last much longer, indefinitely longer than I can think of. Well then, we have the same time to live, only we, uh, we reckon differently. And the little creature danced and floated in the air, rejoicing in his delicate wings of gauze and velvet, rejoicing in the balmy breezes laden with the fragrance from the clover fields and wild roses, elder blossoms and honeysuckle, and from the garden hedges of wild thyme, primroses, and mint. The perfume of all of these were so strong that it almost intoxicated the little fly. The long and beautiful day had been so full of joy and sweet delights that when the sun sank, the fly felt tired of all its happiness and enjoyment. Its wings could sustain it no longer, and gently and slowly, it glided down to the soft, waving blades of grass, nodded its little head as well as it could, and slept peacefully and sweetly. The fly was dead. Oh, poor little ephemera. What a short life. And so on every summer day, the dance was repeated. The same questions were asked and the same answers given. And there was the same peaceful falling asleep at sunset. This continued through many generations of ephemeras and all of them felt merry and happy. The oak remained awake through the morning of spring, the noon of summer, and the evening of autumn. Its time of rest, its night, drew near. Its winter was coming. Here fell a leaf, there fell a leaf. Already the storms were singing. Good night, good night, good we will night. Shake you to sleep, and it will do your old twigs good. They will even crackle with pleasure. Sleep sweetly. Sleep sweetly. Go to sleep. Good night. 
65th night and you are still very young in the world. Go to sleep. sleep sweetly. Sleep sweetly. Good night. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. The clouds will drop snow upon you, which will be your coverlid. Warm and sheltering to your feet. Go to sweet sleep to There stood the oak, stripped of all its leaves, left to rest during the whole of a long winter, and to dream many dreams of events that had happened, just as men dream. The great tree had once been small indeed. In its cradle, it had been an acorn. According to human reckoning, it is now in the fourth century of its existence. It was the largest and best tree in the forest. Its summit towered above all the other trees and could be seen far out at sea, so that it served as a landmark to the sailors. It had no idea how many eyes looked eagerly for it. In its topmost branches, the wood pigeon built her nest, and the cuckoo sang his well-known song, the familiar notes echoing among the boughs. And in autumn, when the leaves looked like beaten copper plates, the birds of passage came and rested on the branches before beginning their flight across the sea. But now that it was winter, the tree stood leafless, so that everyone could see how crooked and bent were the branches that sprang forth from the trunk. Crows and rooks came by turns and sat on them and talked of the hard times that were beginning and how difficult it was in winter to obtain a living. It was just at the holy Christmas time that the tree dreamt a dream. The tree had doubtless a feeling that the festive time had arrived, and in its dream, fancied it heard the bells of the churches ringing. And yet it seemed to be a beautiful summer's day, mild and warm. The tree's mighty summit was crowned with spreading fresh green foliage. The sunbeams, played among its leaves and branches, and the air was full of fragrance from herbs and blossoms. Painted butterflies chased each other. The summer flies danced around it as if the world had been created merely that they might dance and be merry. All that had happened to the tree during all the years of its life seemed to pass before it as if in a festive pageant. It saw the knights of olden times and noble ladies ride through the wood on their gallant steeds, with plumes waving in their hats and with falcons on their wrists. 
while the hunting horn sounded and the dogs barked. It saw hostile warriors in colored dresses and glittering armor, with spear and halberd, pitching their tents and again taking them down. The watchfires blazed, and men sang and slept under the hospitable shelter of the tree. It saw lovers meet in quiet <laughs> happiness near it in the moonshine and carved the initials of their names in the grayish-green bark of its trunk. Once, but long years had passed since then, guitars and Elion harps had been hung on its boughs by merry travelers. Now they seemed to hang there again, and their marvelous notes sounded again. The wood pigeons cooed as if to express the feelings of the tree and the cuckoo called out to tell it how many summer days it had yet to live. Then it appeared to it that new life was thrilling through every fiber of root and stem and leaf. Rising even to its highest branches, the tree felt itself stretching and spreading out, while through the root beneath the earth ran the warm vigor of life. As it grew higher and still higher, and its strength increased, the topmost boughs became broader and fuller, and in proportion to its growth, its self-satisfaction increased. And there came a joyous longing to grow higher and higher, to reach even the warm, bright sun itself. Already had its topmost branches pierced the clouds, which floated beneath them like troops of birds of passage, or large white swans. Every leaf seemed gifted with sight, as if it possessed eyes to see. The stars became visible in broad daylight, large and sparkling like clear and gentle eyes. They brought to the tree's memory the light that it had seen in the eyes of a child and in the eyes of lovers who had once met beneath the branches of the old oak. These were wonderful and happy moments for the old oak, full of peace and joy. And yet amidst all this happiness, the tree felt a yearning desire that all the other trees bushes, herbs, and flowers beneath it might also be able to rise higher, to see all this splendor and experience the same happiness. The grand majestic oak could not be quite happy in its enjoyment until all the rest, both great and small, could share it. And this feeling of yearning trembled through every branch, through every leaf, as warmly and fervently as through a human heart. The summit of the tree waved to and fro and bent downwards, as if in its silent longing it sought something. Then there came to it the fragrance of time and the more powerful scent of honeysuckle and violets and the tree fancied it heard the note of the cuckoo. At length, its longing was satisfied. 
Up through the clouds came the green summits of the forest trees, and the oak watched them rising higher and higher. Bush and herb shot upward, and some even tore themselves up by the roots to rise more quickly. The quickest of all was the birch tree. Like a lightning flash, the slender stem shot upward in a zigzag line. The branches spread round it like green gauze and banners. Every native of the wood, even to the brown and feathery rushes, grew with the rest, while the birds ascended with the melody of song. On a blade of grass that fluttered in the air like a long green ribbon, sat a grasshopper cleaning its wings with its legs. May beetles hummed, Bees murmured, birds sang, each in its own way. The air was filled with the sound of song and gladness. But where is the little blue flower that grows by the water, and the purple bellflower, and the daisies? I want them all. came the reply in word and in song. What the beautiful time of last summer! Um, where is that? And where are the lilies of the valley which last year covered the earth with their bloom? Oh, and the wild apple tree with its fragrant blossoms, and all the glory of the wood which had flourished year after year! And where is even what may have but just been born? We sounded voices high up in the air as if they had flown there beforehand. Why, this is beautiful. Too beautiful to be believed. I have them all here, both great and small. No one has been forgotten. Oh, can such happiness be imagined? It seems almost impossible. In heaven. sounded the reply through the air. And the old tree, as it grew upwards and onwards, felt that its roots were loosening themselves from the earth. It is right, so it is best. No fetters hold me now. I can fly up to the very highest point in light and glory, and all I love are with me, both small and great. All, all are here. Such was the dream of the old oak at the holy Christmas time. And while it dreamed, a mighty storm came rushing over land and sea. The sea rolled in great billows towards the shore. A cracking and crushing was heard in the tree. Its roots were torn from the ground just at the moment when in its dream, it was being loosened from the earth. It fell. Its 365 years were ended like the single day of the ephemera. On the morning of Christmas Day, when the sun rose, the storm had ceased. 
From all the churches sounded the festive bells, and from every hearth, even of the smallest hut, rose a smoke into the blue sky, like the smoke from the festive thank offerings on the Druids' altars. The sea gradually became calm, and on board a great ship that had withstood the tempest during the night, all the flags were displayed as a token of joy and festivity. The tree is down! The old oak or landmark on the coast! exclaimed the sailors. It must have fallen in the storm of uh, last night. Who can replace it? Alas, no one. This was the old tree's funeral oration. Brief, but well said. There it lay stretched on the snow-covered shore, and over it sounded the notes of a song from the ship. A song of Christmas joy, of the redemption of the soul of man, and of eternal life. Thus sounded the Christmas carol, and everyone on board the ship felt this thought elevated through the song and the prayer, even as the old tree had felt lifted up in its last beautiful dream. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to read this story in its entirety, I found it at www.fairytales with a Z instead of an S.com. I hope you enjoyed listening to my interpretations of these stories. You know, when I started doing this, I didn't know how much I needed to learn to create these little bundles of stories. So even though I wanted to bring these out every week, it looks like it's more of a once a month type of deal. Um, but if you like what you hear, please let me know. Otherwise, until next time, what stories will you be getting into?